0: Welcome, welcome. Do you know what number of episode this is? What? I don't do this to test you every time because I actually no. don't know.
1: I want to say we're on seven of this season.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I like it in that. So I like it in that because it's like, um, yeah, season two, session seven. Season two, episode okay. seven. And if we're not, I think that sounds in some ways better than, um, than like session 27. So, Hey, um, and we're on part three today. Yes. Uh, this is fitness and relations. Uh, and you're here with Melissa and James to discuss, uh, all things fitness as to how it relates to, um, relationships and all the things that come underneath that. And today is part three of our three-part series that was inspired from um, a podcast we listened to where uh, a lady was uh, interviewed based upon her book called The Two-Parent Privilege. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yes. And from that, we thought we would do uh, a number of, you know, three, three three-parter on the different stages of that pair bonding. And from the outset, I won't give uh, all the assumptions we made. You'll have to go back to the past two episodes to force people to listen to those two. Um, and I'll incorrectly state and lie right from the beginning and say that, uh, if you don't listen to those two, none of today's will make sense. But anyways, you could take it, you can take it as you want. Um, Otherwise, we do make some assumptions based on what we're talking about today. So, if this is your first time listening in, and uh, you're interested in the particular topic, you're like, "I wonder why they didn't, you know, discuss uh, gay marriage, you know, examples or uh, single, you know, individuals or et-, et cetera, all the all the variations of the periphery." We've already gave assumptions as to what we're what we're going to discuss. So that's where we're, that's where we're sitting, and uh, I think we've done a pretty good job thus far um, of connecting like how fitness plays a part in each of those areas. Yeah. Um, do you think we've done a pretty good job of that? And, uh, with that, do you also have any comment lead-ins to, uh, what you got from the first two areas of the, the pre-marriage to the beginning marriage to into today and, or maybe just share expectations for today?
1: No, I think we've done a really good job at kind of moving through the different phases of relationships. Yeah, uh, and I'm really excited about today's because uh, I think it's the most unspoken about in relation to fitness. This last chap, this later chapter yeah. of life.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, I never thought of it that way. Um, it makes us seem like we're doing something good here of, uh, speaking about topics that, uh, no one's discussing. Uh, but also I was going to say, as soon as you, as soon as you, as soon as it came out of your mouth before you said with regards to fitness, I was, I was in agreement with you, but I, I had an immediate, um, uh, thought as to why that's not as to not, it's not really spoken about is that, um, I guess it's not really, should I say performative or, or dramatic, or, you know, to be in a, in a long-term marriage, or to be in a long-term pair bond with another person, um, and to either have created a family or not, but to be in that situation, I mean, it's not too exciting with the, with the litany of things that you have to, like, look through on whatever media it is, or media is today, or how you get information. I was going to mm-hmm. say, that's the case. Do you feel the same way, or is it? Uh...
1: Yeah, I-, I i I hate to be a downer on it but it's like um in preparation for this i've been having a lot of conversations with my peers on what their parents lives look like Mm. right are they happy what do they do and um unfortunately i've heard a lot of like the stories of yeah i don't like going to see my parents because they just sit on the couch and watch the news all day
2: Mm.
1: and are unhappy right not all but just yeah yeah no i'm it's curious just like talk and be like so, like, what do your parents do for fitness? Do they have, like, or not for fitness, but like, what do they do together? What are their hobbies? Um, things like that. Like, what does the relationship look like? And it's just interesting to hear, like, either positive or ones that are more like, I just can't get them out of the house. They just like wake up, they yeah. the news, The news is on repeat all day, and just like, you know, mm. so, um, this three part has made me just have more conversations with people about. You know, what does it look to be? What does 6D look like in a relationship? Are your parents happy?
0: Yeah. And it also allows us to build um, a model like we do for max physical potential, right? So we can talk about max relationship potential and just kind of start the stepping stones for that and look at it from a fitness lens. Um, But I also thought about the, um, on your point there of the paradox in place of, um, I guess it's a paradox. I'm not sure. If that's correct wording, but is that you know as people get older, I have a point of questioning and and point to, points to make on this. Is that that's so why I call it resisting entropy? For each human at this age, you know, um, everyone's well aware. I guess this is the paradox. Everyone's well aware that you know you're not improving. You know, um, physically, cognitively is still arguable. But I guess if you stretch it out further and further, as the system gets more stressed and age occurs and we get closer to death Um, you know those systems don't work as well and it's well understood no matter what media or anyone tells you today it's not getting better you know on those terms you know what i mean by not getting better um so that's the paradox i see is that you know so just to take the devil's advocate side of those particular avatar parents that you just proposed Why, why strive? You know, that's the, that's the challenge. Why strive? Why, why, if you know, things are actually not going to get better. Well, well, anyways, I have language that can clarify that for people, you know? Um, Yeah. But maybe we'll inspire some people today who are indirectly connected to those parents or are those parents or are those people that uh, could pick up on something that uh, may move them forward to it. So. Yeah, I thought from the outset, uh, I'll take a stab at trying to create, I guess, the, you know, who we're actually talking about here. And then, unless you can let me know if it's, if it's not the right grouping of individuals. Um, I thought that these would be individuals, um, on a 55 to 60 years of age or older. Um, so 55 to 60 plus years of age, um, because I made the assumption here that they're into a, Um, 20 years of pair bonding. And the reason why I just use 20, uh, gosh, you know, there's just research to show of the success of maintaining of that bond, you know, further after 20. Um, so you could use just that data itself, which is easily accessible. Um, and so I thought, well, if that's going to happen and most people are now you know, starting that in a little later, quote unquote, uh, 30, to 35 years of age, and that lands you at 55 to 60. So that's why I thought we'd pick that. Um, I also made this assumption. I'm not sure if we should, but if the children of those individuals are 20 plus years of age and older, then they're probably not at the home. Mm-hmm. So I made this assumption here too. And this is all just building on you know, the group that we're talking about here just so we don't uh, lay all of our energy into particular area that we, you know, didn't make assumptions for to make it more gray. Um, also the reproductive years are either past or they're gone. Meaning that uh, for the male, uh, they can certainly try, <laughs> but it's not going to be successful. Um, yeah, but the female uh, in in these cases, I'm going to make the assumption that most of them in a physiological sense are not, are not uh, producing eggs or having viable eggs. And so um, I made that assumption just because it sets the tone, I think, for a number of things that you and I love to talk about with how the male and female connects for their health um, and that biological reality for their future and their fitness. And then uh, lastly, um, because of, you know, current models of, individuals who are somewhat consistent, both in their pair bonds and in their activity level, because I will ask a question specifically later on to you, Melissa, to share some stories about those individuals that what I just call are just plopped into this situation. They they did everything besides take care of themselves. And now they're 55 to 60. They don't have their health, but they have the zest for fitness now that they have all this time on their hands. So I want you to ask you about that. But I made this assumption that these individuals should expect another—I don't even know what the math is—but it's probably another ten thousand plus movement sessions for the rest of their life. So that means, you know, if you do three hundred fifty sessions a year, plan sessions for yourself, hopefully autonomously, uh, for another thirty years, right? Because the average age of individuals who have some form of economic balance, some form of of uh, marital mar- marital Uh, bliss. And then uh, third have been somewhat consistent in movement. They are going to live till they're 85 or 90 years of age as, as of like 2023. Okay. Um, And so I wanted to lay the groundwork for that. So laying that groundwork, is there anything you wanted to either add or add some, ask some questions about, or just points to consider of those points of the 55, 60, no children, kids are 20 plus years of age that they have them reproductive years are gone and they should expect another, 10,000 plus uh, movement sessions.
1: That's no, it's pretty solid. Okay. That gives us okay. A good proposition to work with.
0: All right. Um, well, I wanted to start by uh, uh, asking if, um, asking you that if, if we, because if we make this assumption that if we, I mean, if, if these individuals have gotten this far, right, and don't worry, we're going to leave space for those who just kind of just get plopped into this, but if they have gotten this far i am going to make some assumptions too that there's like there's no more mating stress right there's no more struggles um and there's no there's no the health is health is fairly balanced right but what do you think is um should should these people now now that they're in this scenario what should they now put on the table and this is could be a little bit outside the fitness lens, but what would be your recommendations for them to now talk about in their new stage of life, right? Where you're in this situation. Um, and I only have, I don't even have experience with this yet. Cause I actually don't fill that role. So I can't really, you know, I could say that I can add something to it for, from experiences over the past number of years with Leanne, but I wonder what you would think, you know, uh, you know, what you should put on the table this is what I put down there. You, what, what are you going to put on the table right now that we're going to like throw across the table that we may not have discussed in our, in our past in the mating years and then the early marriage scenario.
1: My immediate thought was like purpose here because, or purpose, not purpose. Yeah. A little bit of purpose. Um, Cause this is where I see the masculine and the feminine slightly different is uh, for a lot of, the masculine like purpose has been fulfilled. They've raised a great family, right? They've reached a stage where maybe they're nearing retirement. It, maybe, you know, for some, it's not going to be till after 65, but like they've done all the, all the checklists of like, what was, what they were supposed to do. Um Where I feel like for a lot of the feminine, it's like, now this is the chapter where they want to do the bucket list things. They want to go travel. They want to see the world, right? Like they want to go to music. They want to go, um, with their with the friends that are like traveling the U.S. and doing those things, mm-hmm. and neither of them have had that discussion of what this next chapter is going to look like. Yeah, right. Where he like the husband may be very comfortable just staying at home, yeah, you know, just enjoying this next life, twiddling in his garage, where she wants to go to the beach and go see parts of the country that they didn't have time to see when they were raising kids.
0: Yeah. So yeah. what are or, read, or reading books.
1: Reading right, so like, what is the purpose of this next yeah. decade? Like, even the decade from fifty-five to sixty-five. Like, nice. What is-
0: yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, I really like that. I, I, I had a couple down that I'll throw at you and see um, if you have any stories to share or things that you know could connect to our fitness for these individuals going forward or how it connects whatsoever, but. I think what I came to grips with too, with my mom passing away, was placing that on the table. That I don't think, I don't think uh, couples that are in that long period of time, they, they do have, they don't have the lifestyle or the things set up around them to eloquently take care of those things, of those people, whether meaning that, um, your parents are aging and you do need a certain level of cognitive, and um physical health for that along with finances possibly or even financial awareness to help um so i think that needs to be thrown on the table too what's your thoughts on that
1: 100 i mean cognitive function financial but also um the conversation of like if that parent is going to come live with you what does that do to relationship dynamic shifts Mm -hmm. Uh, I've actually seen that one a lot with a lot of clients and just, um, family friends is like, you know, say you're 60 and now you're going to have your 80 or 90 year old father come move in with you. Yeah. Uh, What does that do for the husband and wife relationship?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can use a word, we could just call it communication. Right. Yeah. Um, I also thought that, I mean, we just mentioned it a little bit earlier, but those reproductive changes that occur, um, I'm going to assume that that probably should be discussed a little bit more openly that has not been in the past, perhaps, Um, maybe in smaller percentages of people who, you know, have great open communication as couples and, you know, discuss those things about health. But there's still this, you know, low level of shame involved with males for that conversation. And for females, they may have this, you know, male who sits across with them who really just wants to, like, you know, fix their uterus as opposed to, you know, have conversations around estrogen changes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're, we're probably like, listen, I can I can take care of it. I can fix it for you. But that's not what the female wants on that conversation. My point was there is that this probably also has to be on the table where you sit down and say, like, going forward here, we have to be really open about our physical health, you know, really open about our physical health. And I would, would you agree that I think it's more important about the female conversation on the table at this point in life? I do think so. Um, it doesn't mean that male things don't arise generally, but there is this, you know, there is this massive physiological change. And remember when I say that, that doesn't mean that it comes with all these stereotypical things that people think, but, but it is different. And I think that if you have a partner, a male who, you know, quote unquote, wants to fix things across the table, but now is at least aware of the fact that he doesn't need to fix it, but he does need to keep open communication and do checks and balances and like be a support person, et cetera, et cetera. I think that needs to be on the table. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. That's an still a very unspoken um, topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's part of part of our goal as well. I think so. Uh, to maybe tackle that from another different angle in the future Um, I also thought that, uh, at this point in time, that conversation, uh, grandkids should be on the table here. So what that means, you know, for the, for the future, not just for your children, if you do have children that are going to have progeny, but, um, you have to think about that for your fitness and your, uh, um, ability to be mobile. Uh, Not just mobile, as in physically mobile, but, you know, can you leave your home and your community? Can you leave your structured setting that you have? You know, so do you think that's something that should be discussed as well? Or have you seen that in place where some people are not ready for that, for their grandkids' fitness level? Yeah. Um, This is one that's been on my mind, too, because, you know, I'm, I'm getting into that uh, age bracket. And these conversations do come up, uh, you know, as scary as they are, but, you know, conversations on wills, uh, conversations on fixed income differences, you know, and how you live your life, you know, so these economic and financial differences need to be, need to be placed on the table as well. Would you, would you agree with that? That's a big one. Yeah. Um, Also, I think a conversation on uh, what I just had down my last one is the uh, 9 to 5, the whole vocation conversation. And I think it goes back to, I think, the generalized way that you and I discuss how the masculine and feminine not masked there, what I say, by sex dimorphism or sex differences there, but the actual masculine and feminine and how vocation relates to them and their purpose at this point in their life, it's a very important conversation to have because some of those, one of the some of those, or maybe both those individuals, could really have built an entire lifetime identification connected to vocation. So now that's turning into vocation, not vocation. And I really think that that needs a a, a bigger discussion, and that's where we come in. I think when we're going to discuss a little more of fitness. Do you agree with that? For yeah. Can you see that uh, in your future, where you're going to have that? Like, oh, I wonder, wonder how I'm going to deal with that. Yeah,
1: big one for me. I think. What,
0: yeah, yeah. What's your immediate uh, fears or uh, challenges or or I mean, dreams yeah. that you have with that?
1: You know, actually, I, I'd say over the last. do couple... you're
0: not signing up for anything. I don't. Uh, I'm not i not
1: I, I think I've done a good, good job. Actually, even just this last year of separating my identity, identity from what I do, okay. being so personally attached to it. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that was—I I actually think social media for that, mm. because the more I disconnected from it, I was like, I'm a human, Like, I can separate who I am as a being versus who I am as.
0: Mm. That's a cool. So it helped you see that. Mm-hmm. helped you see the different lives that we lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, how am I really? Yeah. COVID probably had a part to play with all of us in regards to that. Okay. So my first, my first question, or I guess my second question, um, to start us off was based upon that resisting entropy. Uh, So I wrote generally humans are slowly degrading in this area. So how, Um, do we inspire consistency for this relationship and its fitness? How do we inspire consistency if everyone in the room, including you, Melissa, and this couple who's 55 to 60 years of age, uh, they do know that they won't improve, you know, how do you inspire consistency?
1: I think it's how do we, what are we labeling as improvement?
0: Hmm. So I may have just given the answer there in the language that we use, right? Because I think consistency might be the answer, but I didn't want to jump ahead.
1: I would say that is the answer, is consistency and the ability to be consistent.
0: And education, perhaps, on uh, what to expect. We'll call education competence and awareness, Right. You know, cause maybe, or would you say that a lot of uh, those individuals at that age in their journey um, have not had this conversation around what I just mentioned there, or what we shortened it to being resisting entropy, or have you had some conversations with people like, oh, I totally understand that. Cause in my case, 99.8% of everyone in that case, when I was like, oh, you won't get stronger. They're like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So any...
1: <laughs> that's still it that's just still it i okay. mean i still get the 50 year old man that doesn't understand why we're not gonna put on 30 pounds of like what do you mean um so i, I no I, I don't think
0: i watch the andrew Huberman podcast i mean what do you exactly,
1: say exactly so um i think that age population the 55 plus group they're unaware of it or no one's just been open like you know had open conversation with about with them about the fact that they're not going to improve anymore or you know, that we are in a stage of resisting, but they've also never been exposed to education on how to make a consistent program.
2: Mm. Right.
1: A lot of them can be very autonomous. They've just never, they didn't grow up in the era of yeah, um, right. this type of fitness. Right. So yeah. we have quite a few, even this last quarter, we've added um, probably like four or five, six, 60 in older males mm. that are thriving because they went from doing nothing or from casual running to very a type I'll come on these days and I'll move and teach me how to bend and right. And how to push pull mm. and I can do this forever.
0: Yeah. I see a little bit of inspiration possibly inside there too, though, you know, uh, for the female, perhaps it will be a form of, um, especially for this. Cause remember if we're talking about 55, 60 years old, in 2023, that means that uh these individuals were born in 1965 1970 so it means they're right on the back end of baby boomers right on the front end of gen x um so these these individuals understand or this fe- these females understand the collective energy around freedoms sexual freedoms right and then that just carries over into freedom so i think for them maybe the inspiration could be uh, slightly different than males would you agree that the, the, the difference here, I, I'll say it this way. I think that these females would take on the autonomous, like I can do this shit on my own much easier than males who, to your point, I would agree, possibly may, may not just have the competency, of their experience because they, they're like, Oh, I didn't know I could, you know, actually do my own shit or, you know, write my own programs, etc. Um, Yeah, would you say that's the case there?
2: That's what we see.
0: Okay, okay, solid. Um, So let me recap it here on it. I guess what we're talking about is to educate. It's the same answer, but I just wanted to say it out loud. It's the same answer we give to all those uh, folks is the reality of like what we call the resisting entropy curve, right? And I think the curve, you know, coaches should still draw that out. Um, so that, so that people understand it's not a drop, you know, like, a, you know, cause people joke about it, right. It's, it's all downhill from here or it's a slide, et cetera. And I used to joke about it. If you remember in classes with, uh, coaches and the, the older coaches would smirk at it where I would say, well, I'm just, I'm just barely hanging on, you know, but what I meant by that is that I'm trying to prevent the farthest slide possible. And I found that that could inspire people. They can be like, yeah, you know, like, uh, as if the the old saying was, don't go softly into the night, you know, like resist, don't just give up, basically. That's what it says, right? You know, you got to keep, you know, striving to kind of prevent that downhill slide. And I think that can be inspiring people.
1: I think it can be very inspiring. And I still say it as like, I know I'm only 36, but I would tell people I'm very realistic of my age and just like from a reproductive health standpoint, from what's coming next. And I'm really not a big fan of like what worked in your twenties and thirties isn't going to work for you in your forties. I'm like, I very much want to be doing what I'm doing in my forties because I was smart at what I did in my thirties, you know, and like having mm. that conversation with clients scaffolding. or older, it's like, who wants to be 40? Right. And have to say that I want to be able, when I'm 45, be like, yeah, I had really great principles at 35. I took mm. care of myself for longevity because I want to resist as long as possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, and inspire people to at any stage of life be setting up to, for their future and how we want to age versus just kicking the shit out of our body and then right. Getting to that age and be like, Oh, downhill now, you know? So um, I think that can be inspirational to a 40 year old, a 45, 50 year old on, you know, um, seeing their parents or seeing, what aging can look like and showing inspirational models. Right. We have a husband and wife. We just went to their 60th birthday, her 60th birthday this Friday. They just got back from a huge backpacking trip that they were like, we weren't sure we were going to be able to do this one. Mm. And we crushed it. Mm. Right. Like inspire that they can still go do those things together because they've taken care of their bodies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw something in there too. On top of that, that, um, of the, uh, inspiration and the togetherness and the closeness is because remember we're, we're, we're assuming here that these are all self-selected and these individuals have like, they've gotten to this point because of consistency, right? So they're the, they're, they're the shining lights of like what we want to have, you know, and that, that's what we're discussing here. Um, and, and I'm asking the question, well, of course, you know, consistency and education and awareness, et cetera, is somewhat challenging, right? I.e., hey, you know, here's your next big challenge for the next 30 years. The realization that you're actually not going to get stronger. So just keep it up and be on your way. I think there's a little bit more inside there, perhaps, that we forget that this, this generation, right? 55, 60, let's say if it's 65 years of age, you're a boomer, that you have. Uh, not structured your entire life to recognize the the pair bonds associated with physical expression. So that was a lengthy way of saying that I think one of the bigger challenges beyond consistency for this group is for, and I'll just speak on behalf of males, it's to get over that archaic hurdle that physical expression should be different for each of you going forward now i've experienced that numerous times over the past number of years indirectly from my experiences with my children and uh, that really opened my eyes to that that i never thought would have been possible and i speak so strongly about it now i almost want to rip the whole system down and build it up again with only family fitness oriented systems that's how strong i feel about it is my experiences i have with my girls like doing physical expression together being like what the why why was there's always this break like oh kids are going to fucking hurt themselves and you you just got to get bigger pecs to get a mate like this was the this was you know and they and they couldn't find a bond in that my whole point on that is i think a challenge would be and the question i'm asking there as well on creativity of togetherness right like i think it might be vitally important that you and i offer more than just an inspiration of consistency and use those platitudes but to instead stay say things like, "Have you guys ever thought about you know coming up with a, a physical activity that you both enjoy in which you can spend time together but still get something something out of it?" I think there's something in that
1: I think you know again, we want the time we have people creating their own program signs, but I know with inside the gym that's been a really big one for that population for us. They come to the gym and they train together. They cool. do their own training, right? Doing so you see this. Hard, but they come together. Yeah. Which then usually goes into then like, you know, when we talk about education, it's like, well, what do we want you to do on the days that you're not doing your resistance training? We want you to go move, right? So, you know, especially post-COVID, we have a lot of clients that do go out and they spend the weekend and they find we're in California. They ride their bikes or they go hiking and they do these activities. And it's like a way to explore the area, but it's mm-hmm. something they can do together.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I just feel that, uh, I'm just trying to think back of the Rolodex of the, uh, the same, you know, I think I mentioned on the last episode of an example I had given of a couple that remember the husband was, was thinking that the wife wouldn't be able to do it. Right. She wouldn't be able to do the nutritional prescriptions or the exercise. And I was like, (laughs) you know, you're basically creating this like cage <laughs> yeah. around the opportunity to for for physically expressing and then which as you know leads into creative cognitive expression and more open mindedness and etc and as I said as well there's a lot of darker shit that comes with that because it can essentially change the person's life because they transform their physical body and their mind changes then they look around and be like I'm fucking oppressed right like I'm I'm being held back of of progressing you know um but i I think that the uh they' they're, They're just to say it, you know, a different way. I think there needs to be more conversation possibly in my previous points on putting stuff on the table of saying like, we don't just want to end up like me having my home gym and Leanne out uh, hiking. uh, And that's the rest. That's how we're going to spend the rest of our lives. Do you know what I'm saying? Just to use two different examples of like physical expression as we age, we got to be, we got to do some of those things together. You yeah. know, um, so I put that on the that's table. That's I kind
1: of started. It was right. Like that one of like the wife that wants to go do things and the husband that's fine tinkering in his garage all afternoon. Yeah. I think that's yeah. like where, um,
2: yeah,
1: I'm finding is like when I have quite a few female clients that have just like found this expression through fitness mm-hmm. and they want to go do it.
2: Yeah.
1: they don't want to do it alone. Like yeah. I want to go do these activities. I want to go explore and like enjoy this next chapter, but I want him to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, And I think for at least inside the gym for those clients at some point, again, like I just found it very odd that this year we've had wives that have been with us for years. All of a sudden the husbands have joined. And I think there's like this should have got the pot kind of moment where it's like, I'm going to go enjoy this next chapter. I want you to come with me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's what I want. I want to see more of that. Um, That's because what I see inside of that is is a uh, an honest pressure and nudge from each, each in the couple, right? In the relationship. Um, and that's what I mentioned on the outset about like putting stuff on the table. You both have to be together on some of these things that are really going to challenge your next stage of life. Right. And some of those things will be, we will not go slowly into the night and God damn it. You're going to work out with me because this is, this is how it's going to go. Right. Um, and we, we know all the benefits of people. You're not being forced to, but I think of also, um, a point you mentioned there on tinkering in the garage. It sounds so. It sounds so small, right? And you say it softly, but for that generation, that's deeply built into that generation, right? And let's just use the tinkering in the garage as an as a metaphor for um, stoic, reclusive, physical expression for a masculine, right? But see, this is my point: is that in 2023, that may still be a reality, but uh, let's jump ahead here. Um, and get out of our lane. How about, you know, we have this conversation in 2043. I think it's going to be even more important because that whole generation that is now what, 20 years of age, you're not tinkering with your Tesla in your garage, no. right? Well, if you are, you are, but it's a computer. You're on a, you're on a computer board or, you know, you're developing things or something like, you know, or you're hitting codes, ones and zeros, Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm just using it as a general metaphor for what the future holds is this – it's going to definitely be more important that the male and female come together on that um, because right now there could be, to my point, there could be still that space for the male physical, you know, tinkering garage metaphor. Yeah. I know what it would be for my dad. I mean, he'd, you know, he'd just do that stuff around the house or in the garage or et cetera for the rest of his life, right? And I'm like, check, you know, know, physical expression, 10 hours a day. That's all he's known, you know, went from work to doing that kind of stuff. So it's, it's going to work, right? Um, But I'm just thinking my brother, as an example, he's, uh, his mid thirties, right? When he's 55 or 60 years of age, that's not his in his toolbox, right? you know, what, what does he do today? You know, he, he punches keys. I mean, he changes lives, but he punches keys. Right. So it's something to think about there when he's 55 and 60, what's that going to be like in a, in a very low expectation of physical expression, right. And things that you can offer. So, um, another question it was, I've already asked it earlier, um, but we didn't get into the weeds on it. So I said that if these, this couple, uh, this specific couple we're talking about in this situation, and they have all these assumptions made, the assumption that we're going to have here is that they placed fitness like eighth place in their life up until this point in time. Right? So it was kids and work and their parents and uh, community associations and kids again and and the the third kid again. And like, it was all these, these layers of like, and so there was never time taken to call up OPEX Cura, right. There was never, you know, a thought they saw it on an ad. It was like, you know, I don't have time to do that. You know, whether it's true or not, the perceptions were, they don't have time to do that. So you have that couple now, and now they have this zest for fitness. Okay. But they may not have a great base, a base of consistency, and they may not have had 20 years of experience of like working that whole schedule to ensure as their kids were growing, they were seeing you and they've developed a relationship for 15 years with you. Um. So what do we do in this case now with this couple, they have this zest for fitness and they're here now, but they're starting at, at zero. What are the things you think about but that you can remember?
1: The beauty is they're starting at zero. So when we see ones like this, They typically don't have any preexisting real big injuries, you know, for the most part, they move their movement screen and they've got maybe like, you know, some tight hamstrings or something like that, but they're, they're at zero. So what do they do? They do simple patterns and they come and they do them every day and they progress tremendously. So that's where it goes to like, what is progress? They may, right. Not be, they may be resisting entropy, but to them, they're progressing every week because what are they doing? They're doing motor control they went from not being able to do a split squat to being able to do multiple split squats to being able to do a way to
0: split squat. Do you so have to now, put the reins on any, any people who are in this case?
1: few, you, know, you know, it's like they can get a little so excited, but actually like, you know, it's like they're inspired to learn again because yeah. it's like the first time you're actually learning something new mm-hmm. probably for a long time where it's like not daunting, like learning how to use your Apple phone or technology. That's frustrating. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, learning how to ride a bike, they get to come in and they're like, Oh, I can do this. And it feels progressive
2: Mm. and they're
1: not getting hurt. And guess what? Then they can walk up the stairs a little better. They have a little more energy when they wake up in the morning. So, um, you know, for the person that hasn't done anything, I wish gyms were less daunting for them because they usually come in and can just like progress right out the gate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, It makes me think about where the best, I mean, are there, are there spots where, uh, these couples are having um, consistency and success with consistency outside of OPEX gyms. Are there areas where they're doing that, or?
1: Well, where else do you go? Because if you're going to Orange Theory, that's not going to be meeting you where you're at, right? For the yeah, friend. and if we,
0: even if we use Orange Theory as the example of what else they're going to get, you know, um, let's use another example. You find a personal trainer at Mountainside Fitness here locally in AZ, which is an example of a global gym or uh, not as not as unpersonal as a classic global gym, but a little more personalized. So now you have a personal trainer, but they're not teaching, right? It's very low percentage of personal trainers are teaching them to be self-sufficient, right? They're teaching them um, how to come in and get service from the trainer.
1: And it's like, actually, unfortunately, because we've had a few transition from PT to us, it's like, um, they're the opposite of autonomous, right? They're very codependent. Yeah, They were never taught anything. They're very fearful of movement. They're fearful of like, um, most, all of them come in scared that they're going to hurt their back. Yeah. Like, you know, or these just fears if I don't do this correctly, you know, this will hurt my back or this will hurt this. And so, um, yeah, there's yeah. not very, there's not a lot of places that are geared towards or market towards the 55 plus group.
0: Well, what can OPEX do? Um, and most OPEX besides coaches- besides somehow propagate, you know, ten thousand gyms in the next week. Um, what can we do then if if we uh, if that's a major missing link out there, which I think it is where these these couples get plopped into quote-unquote quote the fitness and that's why I use the word they have this zest for like oh I can't wait to like take time for myself now and discover this thing but then they're given this this like Doritos level of fitness it's like here here's what fitness is it's like it's there's calories but it does like shit do you know what I'm saying no yeah. they're not given the broccoli and chicken you know uh, the basics so what do you think is it is it not within our grasp or is it like a a meta level of like political you know is, is it big level stuff does James have to end up on the White House doorsteps with a a banner or what
1: yeah I think for coaches or at least all the ones I talk to that are in the OPEX kind of network once they get clients at this age bracket it's who they want to work with oh yeah Right, so I always yeah. start with the twenty-something-year-old client that says they want to work with people their own age, and then a year into us working together, they realize like actually, the avatar I love is this person yeah. because they're consistent, they're inspired, right? They have the bandwidth and they have the time to take this mm-hmm. on, um, and and you get to learn through working with them. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I think on that end, it's just like it's just not sexy, so we just don't market it well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. so I don't know, it's hard.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe that's a question for another time where we can uh, fit the, uh, you know, our quote unquote podcast would be, um, where does OPEX fit into fixing the fitness relationship issue? You know?
1: Yeah, and I think it can also go back down to then if your gym is primarily 30, 30 year olds and 20 year olds, it's like. What conversations are they having with their parents? How are they inspiring yeah. their parents to when we get into the conversation of grandkids? It's like, yeah, without the fear of like, I want you to live to see your grandkids, it's like, how can you inspire them? Yeah, the a grandkid,
0: yeah. I was also thinking the possibility that, uh, generally those individuals, uh, probably are not self aware enough to know about like autonomous fitness anyway, so they're they basically think that, oh, there, there's no way their parents would enjoy a CrossFit class. And and we're like, but that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about real fitness, which would be involving this self-sufficiency in basic lifestyle guidelines and patterns and pacing and, and et cetera. So, yeah, let me run that one over again to make sure we hit it. Uh, so they just showed up here. The, they've taken a severe second place in their fitness and their health to kids and work. And now they're plopped here and they have this zest, you know, well, what kind of things do we uh, do we have in place to help them with? And I think the answer would be that you need some form of an OPEX gym style, really, to either recommend people to or to kind of just do what you heard Melissa say in her prescription there, in her general prescription, is to educate, but to put the reins on. You know, and that takes a that takes a intricate place, right? An intricate place of movement, expression, and an intricate place of a culture. Um, and uh, I feel proud saying that OPEX would be the place where you know most people are going to get that. And in subsequent episodes, maybe we'll try to tackle: well, how do others get on top of that? Um, I'll get you to think about your tickle tickle box. I don't even, what is a tickle box? can that can't contain like, you know, costumes and stuff? I
2: think so. I think that's where it came from. I think from.
0: so. Was that Mr. Dress Up had, was a tickle box, right? I
2: don't know. You know Mr. Dress Up? was Mr. Dress Up? Oh,
0: he was Canadian, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, um, we don't have that. <laughs> it's I can't, like, I'm laughing so much. Had? What is Mr. Dress I'm laughing drag so much there because in 2023, people like, Canadian had like drag, uh, you know, shows on for young kids when they're young you know, Mr. Dress up. No, Mr. He didn't do any of that stuff. (laughs) Maybe he did. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, he was, uh, he had a, he had a trunk that he would pull out these things and like act out stuff and create stories and creativity, imagination. Anyways. Oh man. So you need to, you need to dip into your think trunk, your memories. Okay. Right here. Um, of maybe some issues that have arro- some issues have come up with these individuals and the, these couples. So try to think about a case, whether it's a story or you can come up with a, what could be, you know, a scenario that could arise. So we could uh, have some forethought on how to help people who are going to fall into this. And it may be, you know, repeating something we've talked about as a possible issue that can come up, but uh, anything come to mind of quote unquote issues that have arisen at this point in time for these couples as they try to embark on this next stage for for fitness um, or something that gets in the way of their like fitness fitness progression anything you can think of or stories you can share
1: I to be, it's best
0: if I don't set you up for these I two. Mean, so I don't mind so, the big pauses.
1: Maybe I'd say like you know I think one that does arise is like if we're hitting a place of retirement is like also again just communication. It's a lot of them have lived kind of separate lives and roles, and now this person's coming into their space, mm. right? It's like um, think of it as like yeah. if one retires before the other, or you know, and the ones had like a way of living, and all of a sudden now this other person's in your space all the time. Mm. Um, you know, now we have to like co-live differently than we always have. That can be, I know, one that's harder to navigate. Um, yeah,
0: Yeah, that's probably happened more recently. I would say over the past number of years with COVID and, uh, work from home and school disruptions, et cetera, school disruptions, meaning kids are not going to school.
1: Especially for that, you know, I'd say for the male that has always gone into an office, Mm. Isn't that like you know again fifty five plus one that likes to get up, put his clothes on, go to work, just do the re- repetition? Yeah, and how yeah. like that disruption of now staying home mm-hmm. or just you know not needing to put on work clothes and just like mm-hmm. shifts and changes like that, where we talk about vocation being a part of your identity, mm. um that's a that can be a huge shift.
0: Yeah, yeah, and likewise, let's flip the scenario for um the individual. Uh, that was at home, possibly, uh, that uh, doesn't have that space now, because that is, you know, everyone's there, you know, children and partner, you know, in the relationship. So yeah, I I wrote down what your answer would be to that is conversations that have to come up on uh, their version of personal space, and also communication on that. You know, what does it mean to them? And what do you what do you mean by um, you know, get, getting some clarity on what they mean by uh space. And I can I can just give a personal example to make it super simple because uh Leanne and I have gone through that in multiple different versions from way back in OPT on Aspen Drive to current scenario that I'm set up in here today. Um it's just it's just opening up lines of communication for for, so don't take anything for granted in terms of what you withhold from each other in your partnership of stuff that you just you you just may think oh it's gonna be no no big problem. So I, I I'll give you an example purple lamp for me. I gave really clear um, uh, ideas on like what my day will look like here, like mm-hmm. what what it'll look like, you know by even examples. And if I'm too verbose in this, then by all means, cut me off or add something to it. But like showing my work calendar, right. And show my work calendar to my kids, as well as Leanne. Um, Discussing like, you know, at different times a day, this is what I'll be doing in whatever location, you know, actually in the home or in the thing. Um, These are the times I have podcasts throughout the week that are like specific for like personal, let's call it, you know, Wi-Fi time and and, yeah. uh, you know, so it's those things that you're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. That'll just happen in conversation as you're like passing. It doesn't. So you take that for granted. So I think that that personal space communication thing, I think you hit on something there that's probably important.
1: I thought That was a perfect example of it. Perfect. Because think of it as like, um, for instance, a wife that has been home. And she has like a schedule in which she does certain cleanings around the house or things like that. And it's like, all of a sudden, now you have another person home and you just mop the floor and he just walked through it because he doesn't know you mop the floor on Tuesdays. Right. And so it's like for someone that is very scheduled and organized, if there's not clear communication, then these little frustrations start to bubble and manifest. You know, I think it's one of the first things we learn in OPEX is like, what fills your personal space? Mm. It's like, if there's certain things or like the kitchen is a certain way, or you like things a certain way. And all of a sudden- now someone's home all day and they do things because they don't realize the importance of how you had something, um, that can cause issues, you know? Yeah. And I think it comes down to again, communication hmm. and then that, that not being offensive or hurting someone's feelings to say, this is how I do my day. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like where can we find shared spaces where we can do activities together, but still have our own respective time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for bringing that back down memory lane of asking that question. And here we land on it that, um, if you're a coach, um, just to clarify here, if you're a coach listening in, or you're a health a- activist or health advocate, and you're going to be helping other individuals in this ca- category, ensure you ask those questions that we used to call priorities or values determination, determination, etc. Um, a la John Demartini, a la Sharon Preet, a la OPEX Lifestyle Consulting. Let's a- let's ask questions. That uh, are going to get after how you see the world. It's very important that you become your' forthcoming and you're open. So when the coach is asking these questions, now I'm speaking to the client, right? Um, you need to be you need to be open and honest to say like what is in your personal space and what your priorities are. And then hopefully that coach, like you have done before, I'm sure, eloquently describe what we mean by that personal space. Because, you know, uh, just to give you an example to keep going on, let's just point there that some people get wrong on this just to go down the memory lane for the consulting practice of it. Uh, it's not like, you know, you know how you feel about like claustrophobia or, you know, how you do, do you like being close to people. It's not, That's not that's question. It's as an example, you should be able to watch this video of you and me and look at look at my personal space and say, I kind of got a grasp as to what's important to you. Right. And you can make assumptions for sure, but if if it was coming from my mouth, the person looking on should go, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense, right? Just based upon looking at your what's in your personal space, you know? So that's what we mean by that. Do you have anything to add to that of, uh, or also where I could be, uh, uh, dare I say, out of touch now or old <laughs> and not not connected to that question in your consulting practice?
1: No, I think that's still very relevant. Okay
0: yeah awesome So to recap on that one the question was proposed to say that or to try to come up with stories or generalized issues that people can get into and fall into in some challenges here now that they're in this position uh, what are some you know stories or what what are stories beyond some be, behind some issues that can come up? pertaining specifically to their fitness. Um, if I was to pick one that I think might've been, you know, there a lot for me was, uh, I don't know the word to use, but overzealousness or so much excitement, uh, and so much intrigue and so much interest now. And I, the way I used to call it was like the the love that people had for OPT, like what and what we did to people, that like people would just get like way too addicted and attracted to that consistency. Right. And as I said, there's always dark sides to that too, where they became it actually transformed them entirely. And their partner wasn't ready for that at a point now where their kids were 20 leaving the house and they're like, I can't handle this new you. And if this is the new you for the next 30 years, We're going to have to, you know, we're going to have some tough conversations now. Um, And I never once, like, handled those tough conversations between those couples, but I just know that that did happen. So I think the one that comes up in my mind, most of my answer to that question is the, uh, just people getting, like, way too gung-ho on all this, um, all these new freedoms, et cetera, and just not knowing how to deal with it. That's the issues that would come up where... um, it's very difficult for them to, to see this 30 year plan. Um, and to connect that with, with something that's long-term and they just want to like crush shit Cause they just did, didn't dedicate a whole lot of time to it. Yeah.
1: You know, and they read Peter Tia's book and now they're like ready to go. I gotta I say, read
0: I'm happy to be out. Cause the things that I had to deal with, uh, was not, I, I mean, uh, Yuval Noah Harari writes about this really well that humans in the or humans in the 2000s now are hackable. And I didn't I didn't have to deal with that, you know, in my consulting practice. So, and I am very happy to not be doing that, to have clients come to me at this age right now with that with that embedded humans are hackable perspective because that comes with what I was just reading a book on uh feminism progress by Mary Harrington, she calls the the uh cyborg era where we've just lost all that connection because of this infiltration of technology. we've lost these basic principles of like resisting entropy and resisting entropy in sexual dimorphism, right, like how females have a different resisting entropy than males in resisting entropy, et cetera et cetera. I'm going off, but um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm happy not to answer those questions right now of, uh, of individuals coming in. Cause I think you, you, you have, and I'm just going to use you as the, as the, uh, example of the coach that have to deal with that now, man, you gotta have, you gotta have some pretty good consulting skills to, uh, work your way out of that one because, uh, man, that's a, that's a lot of energy and pressure. Behind that, right? A lot of because I mean, Ozempic or Wagovi uh, changes people's uh, addiction behaviors, changes people's satiety levels, you know, helps people lose weight. You know, the downside is it also the unfortunate thing, not a lot of people are talking about it. Yeah, you actually lose a ton of muscle as well. That's the dirty part of that secret that no one wants to discuss. and you're on it forever. We've known this since 2005. I'm going off on a tangent, but I'm just happy to say I'm, I'm not dealing with that today. Do you have anything to add on that? I mean, we don't have to rant on it anymore, but is there something inside of there too of what could be particular to the issues based upon our question you have to deal with?
1: It's got to be really empathetic. Yeah. I think that's it. Is right? It's i yeah. just coming from an on place of judgment and listening and then trying to bring the person back. Some grounding in reality. Yeah. Um, right. I never want to dampen someone's excitement if they read something and they're inspired to be a better or healthier person. Yeah. But it's always like, let's, let's well, meet you where you're
0: at. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant by, you know, good consulting skills, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think a lot of people have access to that? Those good consulting skills out there if they're in that position and they just read the latest, you know, hack book?
1: No. Especially if you're a new coach and you haven't done years of consult yeah. Consulting. Yeah. It's it's hard. What do you think
0: most are gonna do, right? They're gonna get on board with it. Oh yeah, yeah no, I got a fitness program that can go well with the with the uh was emb was or wagovi yeah. or whatever. You know? Um yeah. All right. So uh, as I lead into a recap here, you can think of any uh, retorts or arguments or questions that you may have, uh, Melissa. But we're ending now in a three-part series of a conversation just to start topics, which actually I got out of it what I wanted to because it led us into possibly some more topics that we can discuss in the future, which is kind of cool. Um, it's all I guess it's that's the process of starting a podcast and coming up with some of those ideas as you get into these corners and lead you further down these pathways, which is kind of fun. Um, so I'm happy that we've done that in these three part series of, you know, taking the centerpiece of this two parent privilege conversation and then leading it into, well, you know, what does fitness look like in the mating scenario? You know what does fitness look like in the uh, married scenario, and then what does fitness look like in the maintenance scenario? Um, and we called it mating, marriage, and maintenance, just for my addiction to alliteration. Uh, but it also helps us remember, like these are these are questions to ask. So if you're a coach listening in, you know you may get as much benefit out of it as you as Melissa and I do of like retailing all these things that we learn. I'll just speak for myself. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say you get that enjoyment as well, but I love looking at the whole spectrum of things. It just opens your eyes to things. That's why I always loved about Max' physical potential. That's why I always enjoy the conversations around uh, sexual uh, 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 balances and uh, and the conversation around sex and gender because the word of spectrum is in there um, you know, uh, cognitive development, the word spectrum is in cognitive changes in cognitive development today. I just really enjoy that because I learned so much about the human experience for it. So that's why I enjoyed our three part series, because I like seeing how the whole, the whole thing plays out for everyone, uh, with regards to, uh, to fitness. Um, I indirectly asked a question in there about your takeaways of the three part series and, you know, What your thoughts were on stretching that out?
1: I love stretching it out because I always take our conversations and I bring them back onto the gym floor and it is so enjoyable to pair a 35 year old with a six year old and have them share their experiences and how, right? Like what we can learn together about, you know, for that six year old to imagine themselves being in that 35 year old position now and how that may have shifted things, but also the life lessons that he can tell that person back and forth, and um, mm. you know, I think that is the unique thing about our our OPEX gyms is that you have such a wide demographic of people all training together um, to learn and bounce off these ideas off of each other. You know, yeah. so I think the grounding piece I still come back to, no matter whether you're mating in marriage or in maintenance, is like communication is essential. Awesome.
2: Communication
1: of like the shared values in in the type of life you want to create and live together. Like you have to talk about it.
0: Yeah. 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 Great finisher of a word that people can focus on. Um, Cause we used communication on a number of things um, for today. Um, also what you just mentioned there uh, l- led me into probably our next episode or sometime down the line, what we have to discuss was remember we said we, needed to have a conversation on well, what made me think about it was the 35 year old and 60 year old. And I thought, uh, how cool would it be for us to discuss how male and female and male, male and female, 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 male, remember coaching relationships and who they're dealing yeah. with. And now we can add another element to that. It's an age, not just a not just a sex category, but it's an age category. Um, So we could, we could color that tremendously in a future episode of males, like a younger male working with an older male and having a conversation on that. We could split that out for gosh, it could be another booklet, but it made me remember how, you know, right off the top of my head, how many life lessons I've gained gleamed from working with younger males, younger females, same age males, same age females, older males, older females. And I, I mean, there's just so many life lessons you can gain from that as to like where you play your role. When do you need to be a leader? When do you need to be a friend? When do you need to be a listener and a student, you know? So, uh, I look forward to that and that'll be on the back end of what we just discussed today for it. All right. So that, uh, that closes the story on our three parter. Um, thanks again for, uh, um, your time, Melissa, in, uh, going down this road in fitness and relations. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I'm going to go, uh, watch Mr. Dress up now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I should check and see actually, before you I make really that recommendation, people may not
1: potato head. I thought maybe that's what it was. I thought you called him something else in Canada.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, well, I could understand how that, you know, it seems like, uh, it'd be more politically correct against potatoes. I don't know what happened in Canada. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and you would think more, uh, liberal, free, open society in Canada. We'd have people dressing up, you know, in all different forms when we we're kids on our shows. No, that wasn't the case. Um, but before you say that, I should probably be careful that I don't, I don't even know if he's accessible. I'm sure he can. Yeah. You can find him on YouTube. Anyways, go watch Mr. Dress Up, <laughs> watch a couple of shows. You can see what, what created my, uh, parts of my brain as I grew in Canada. You'll get some insight into that. Thanks, Melissa.
2: Bye.